Uh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All right, so it's the fourth Sunday in Lent, and... Uh, yeah, um, Mark was mentioned earlier, we have no Tom Burke today, uh, so just uh, Keith, Mark, and John here. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, if you'd like to call in, 215-666-2510, we'll take your calls, uh, not during the show, but at another time, we'll, we'll be glad to answer. All right, so this is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned. But whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Old Testament reading. Here, comment on it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I love this, uh, I I love this uh, Gospel reading. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, well, you were interested about the thing that Jesus refers to from the Old Testament as Moses lifted up the serpents when, um, I guess people were like, uh, the, the people were complaining, um, to Moses and about, uh, about stuff. And so God sent like little serpents to nip at their heels and, and bite them. But, you know, it, it would, they were like, I guess they like poisonous serpents also. So, uh, but, um. Uh, and then the people went to Moses and was like, I don't know, asked for help, and and God told Moses to you know build this like bronze serpent and mount it on a pole and uh, and have the people look at it, and then whoever looked at it would be healed from the, the serpent's bite, and uh, and so that's that's the context for the Old Testament thing. Okay, and and I often wondered when when that took place. Uh, I often equated that bronze serpent and stuff with what the doctor's mm-hmm. uh, symbol is because I, I when, when you go into doctor's offices or, or around doctors and stuff, I think they have a, a similar image. Yeah. And I often wondered if, if, if that perhaps came from the I actually that. just assumed it did, yeah. I yeah because it isn't, isn't there like a serpent or, or they, they're, yeah. the, the, when they take their oath, yeah. And, and there's a, a serpent. It looks like this. It looks to me like a snake. Yeah, or a serpent, and it's serpent. around a pole. Also. Around a pole. Yeah. yeah. So I often equate that, and I, you know, I I'm not in the company of doctors. Maybe Isa would know that. 
um, if you know the, I'll have to look up the uh, history of that. But, but I often equate that to healing medicine, and that was uh, you know a precursor to that. And how you know you had to wake up the people; they wouldn't listen. They 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 were disgruntled. And he says, "I'll give you something to be disgruntled about." And so he 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 threw these serpents, but right away he gave them a way to 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 heal was to 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 look at the at the serpent. Yeah, and it's interesting that, that uh, so Jesus says, in the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So that's interesting. We're supposed to like you know stare at the crucifix and meditate on it, and or. Um, you know, I, ne I never thought of it that way. That that was like there. There's always any of these Old Testament readings, the fulfillment given in the New Testament. So the serpent to see that to meditate on it becomes the crucifix to see that to meditate on it. Could 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 we make that that? Yeah. So I heard uh, Bishop Robert Barron talk about this this week, and he was talking about um, that. You know, uh, it, in the Old Testament part, you know. He, uh, you look at the serpent, and the serpent, you know, is the thing that hurt you, and and uh, um, and so you look at the thing that hurt you, and in the same way, it's not like you know, it's not like Jesus hurt us. It's that us crucifying Jesus, you know, separating ourselves from God is what hurt us. You know, it's like that's the cause of sin. Is what is you know, uh, I guess like we we sinned against God, we killed God basically. And and that's the source of you know everything that's you know you know basically sin is the source of things that are wrong, and so it's like, it's like a sin is the venom that's in us from <laughs> from stuff and 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 what heals us from it is you know Jesus, and and it's not just like you know a, a cold mathematical thing. It's like the forgiveness of Jesus, the way Jesus allowed himself to be crucified in. I think also of like in the story of the prodigal son when um, uh, you know the father he lets the son go. You know, it's it's almost like you know, in the same way that Jesus uh, let himself be crucified, the father let his children go astray be, uh, out of love. And, and uh, you know, it's it is paradoxical because you know the the, the crucifix or uh, you know. It, it's paradoxical to think that oh like, you know giving you ever, you ever hear this it's like you know if you love it let it go or something like that or or it's like you know it seems paradoxical but it's actually true you know if you really do love something you won't like grasp a hold of it and, and prevent it from you you'll let it go and and yeah you know, and if it loves you it comes right back to you and that's and, and that's what God's like with his children and yeah. And that, that 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 was a song. You ever hear the song by Sting? Set it free. Uh, Set it free like a bird trapped in a cage. And that's what he sang about. He sang about this Old Testament part where uh, if you love someone, set it free. Me, 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 and don't, 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 you know, hold its wings back or something. And like, if it loves you, it it, it will come back. Yeah. yeah set, set it free. I know, I know things. This thing would say would, would would talk about that. Yeah. There's so many like layers to. Um... Uh, Jesus uh, suffering death and resurrection that like that's only one layer of it that's like you know you can look at the crucifix and you can see all these like different layers to it but uh, now were they wandering through the desert when this happened yeah okay and what what sparked the the the, the, the serpents to appear was it was it just you know 
I think it was some grumbling among mm-hmm. them about like wanting to go back to Israel. Or not, sorry, wanting to go back to Egypt. Yeah, and, and that was the other thing. It's like, look, you were in bondage in, in, in things, but you so accepted that, and then you're being led, and, and you're wondering, and, and God allowed you to wonder to come to the promised land, which was going to be so much better, yet there was this... Um, idea that, oh, this is really tough, we have to, you know, go through this, that so many of them were willing to go back into bondage or go back because at least they had the basics. And you see that in modern society, too. It's easy to fall back into a, a, a pattern of behavior or, or, or a place or, or, or whatever where, you know, people take advantage of you and stuff, but it, it, at least you're, you're, you're free to... Uh, do your will, God's will, and 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 have have it better. Just just, just listen to them. So at the time, you know the, the, these people. It was the only way that Jesus. It, it seemed like it's it was the only way. It was like a tough love thing almost. That it's like, look, you're going to get nipped by these serpents, and look at the at, at the at the bronze, and look at the cross, and and and, and get through it. I look at it also, um, uh, you know, I guess drawing the parallel between with the uh, prodigal son thing, like the tough love is letting the person go. It's like you know, you, you don't want you don't want uh, to have a covenant with with God. You if, well, you know, then you get subject to, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. It's like yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I guess it's kind of tough love, but it's what the person chose. It's like they, like they were about to with the Israelites. They were about to, or they were grumbling about choosing to go back to their old ways and stuff. And and, and uh, rather than just letting them do that, uh, God gave them a taste of what that, that was like. Um, oh, you mean to go back by by putting by, the serpents there? Yeah, that's there. what I think. Yeah, I mean, that that yes, okay, that could be a, a a very good thing. It's like really, you want to go back? My my reminds you that this thing of the of 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 the, of the hurt that you had to endure to go back. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Um, but I do think it's a good thing to focus on and looking at the crucifixes, uh, both the um. Uh, like the fr- free will uh, of uh, Jesus aligning his will with God the Father, and also the free will of people who did it to him, and, and then also so there's like the free will, and then there's the 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 love, you know. And so uh, I I would say that the people who did it to him, they I don't know something was wrong with them where they didn't, you know, they certainly weren't loving, but but even though he wasn't being loved, Jesus still loved, you know. So it's like yeah, I think. Um, uh, or is it, it's like, you know, even, and that's the thing that is like constant of, uh, of God. So I don't know. That's one of the things I, when I look at the crucifix, that's what I try to, to, to focus on. But, but, uh, so that was the first part of what Jesus said to Nicodemus about the, uh, son of man being lifted up. Then the second part is about, um, uh, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so those who believe in him might not perish but might have eternal life. And later in the gospel, you know, Jesus says that what eternal life is is knowing God. You know, so, so I always think of it as Jesus brings Jesus the way back to the Father. He's, he brings people back to God. I don't really like thinking about eternal life as, 
as uh, uh, living forever, because <laughs> I, I I don't think that is even what it, I don't know, but um I don't like I like to think of it as as uh, knowing God, and, and so those who believe in the Son of God will know God. Um, then the thing about and whoever does not believe in Him has already been condemned. Um, I don't know. I mean, I it's it's I don't know. It's in other people's hearts, but I don't I don't know. What do you guys think about that one? The uh, the uh, people who have who do not believe in Jesus have already been condemned. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the missionary uh, missionaries going to different countries. I mean, it's going to take a while to uh, convert people. So I don't know if I believe that um, that if they or introduced to something like this, they would, that they would be um, automatically uh, condemned. And a lot of Jewish people, uh, they don't uh, see, it see it as possible that God would, uh, you know, be uh, subject to human uh, persecution and death. That's the that's the that's why a lot of Jewish people, uh, you know, they don't want to convert to uh, Christianity. So and yet they're the, they're the chosen people. So. I guess uh, well, uh, that's a that's a bit of a mystery there. Yeah, I feel like that's a real like, and it's kind of a literal literal interpretation of uh, anyone who does not like literally um, but believe in Jesus, like you know, who. Uh, but I kind of think of it as because um, the next part says, um, for you know, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come towards the light. Uh, because you know, they're doing bad stuff and they don't want people to know that you're doing bad stuff. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light. So that, and so I, I, this is my favorite part of the whole gospel uh, reading because um, I, I feel like um, uh, I think that really is the test of. I don't really like you know people could could literally say that they believe in Jesus, but then hide stuff and and and, and be like these wicked people who don't come towards the light. So to me. It, it, the important thing is, is uh, actually you know, uh, living the truth and 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 coming coming to the light. So like before I, before I kind of had this reversion experience, kind of what led me to it was I feel was that I I loved the truth and and uh, and I, I felt like I wanted to, I was like, I kind of had this, it was a faith in in the truth. I was like you know whatever happens. Uh, as long as I tell the truth, everything will be good. And like uh, I, I wasn't really, I, uh, I wasn't even like consciously thinking about Jesus, but Jesus is the truth. Uh, and so, like you know, even those uh, people who are you know whatever part of other religions that don't uh, formally accept, you know, and literally uh, say that they accept Jesus, their hearts, you know, they everyone makes a decision of whether that they would. Come towards the light or not. Everyone, you know, uh, you know when when things uh, and, and and I think that is that is the and God sees people's hearts and, and knows that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's profound. And I kept I kept thinking about when this was going on, is that uh, the people had a former way of life, and it, it really wasn't good. But yet they were just given enough to get by. And then when they're going through the desert with Moses and they and and and, and then they again get disgruntled 
um, you know, it's it, it's a temporary wake up for them to to uh, do you know what what happened with the serpents, and you know they 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 got to think that hey, they're they're being given a taste of what it would be like to go back, but yet. Jesus, again, with his love, he gives him a chance to be healed. And it's just like, look, just keep moving forward. So this is all taking place as they're wandering for those years with Moses. Uh, I mean, that one thing that Jesus said, uh, referring to the, the uh, Moses, that happened then. But in the context of the other part where Jesus is talking about um, believing in the Son of Man and and... God sending his son is, you know, this is Jesus talking to uh, one of the Pharisees who came to speak to him. Okay, so, 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 so the reading then was Jesus was, was referencing the, the Old Testament. He, was he talking to Nicodemus there yeah, also? Yeah, that's who he's talking to. Nicodemus comes to speak to him at night, and, and I think leading up to this is when uh, Jesus tells him that... Um, uh, Everyone needs to be reborn of water and spirit. And Nicodemus is like, what, you, we have to be re reborn? We can't go back inside our mother's womb and have her give birth to us again. And then Jesus is, uh, you know, uh, tries to, and that's when he says the thing about water and spirit. Yeah, on the way, the truth, the light. Yeah. And, and, and wasn't it Nicodemus that all he wanted to do before he died was to see Jesus or God or, or, or there, were, there, were, there was something to that effect? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if that was like stated anywhere, but I do think, uh, um, like he, what Nicodemus did say to Jesus, he said, "Clearly, God's with you," because he said, you know, "Clearly, God's with you," because um, you're doing all these miracles. So, so Nicodemus believed in Jesus, but was kind of like puzzled and came to him and asked him, you know. And and, and this is part of Jesus' response. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Jesus teaching, you know, through the Old Testament and then satisfying it. Yeah, it's funny too. You know, uh, I feel like you know Jesus, he, in the same way that he teaches in parables, even here he doesn't. I feel like he doesn't like come right out and and say things clear clearly, like um, he references the. And Moses lifting up the serpent, but he doesn't explicitly like we're trying to puzzle, we're trying to we're trying to like, piece it out and like and and say specifically what the relationship between the two is, but he kind of just proposes to Nicodemus to allow him to maybe you know, take it to God in prayer or to or you know to meditate on it himself, um, but Jesus doesn't like you know explicitly say things. Although then this following passage, and I've actually heard so the following part about the God sending His only Son into the world. Some people, that's not in, technically it's not in quotation marks. It, it, maybe Jesus, maybe these are still the words of Jesus, or maybe these are the words of the evangelist, and, and he's explicitly uh, saying things. But um, And who's the author here of this? Uh, this is John. John. I guess um, the venom analogy is, uh, you know, the venom of the serpent is, you know, the uh, fluid inside the uh, 
snake which bites people and uh, causes uh, can cause pain or death. And then the, um, as was said before, the, uh, the venom of uh, sin, uh, you know, free will choice of doing bad things is the, the venom that is being um, addressed in the uh, sacrifice of the uh, crucifixion and God, you know, coming to uh, save man from making free will bad choices and yeah, well, choosing similar, sin. Similar to like uh, the having venom in your bloodstream and stuff is, uh, although it technically it, you know it, uh, we have free will. We, there's also because of our fallen nature, we have the tendency to sin. So there's something like in us that tends towards sin, and we have to fight against it. And and that um, and in that sense, it's similar to having like you know poison in our bodies. Wow, this is a real wake-up call. Uh, where eventually, once this happened with you know this 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 snake situation with with the venom, in what part of the journey were they on? You know, because Moses was leading them, uh, you know, out of the desert, and and they were wandering. But where 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 did they eventually? Where was the land of milk and honey? Hey, let's grab one of these Bibles. I mean, land of milk and honey is a reference to. Promised land of Israel. Right, and, and that's where they eventually would end up. Well, the people eventually, but not that not that generation of people, but eventually. See, and that was hard for those people, because when you think about it, that generation of people, they died along the way and stuff, not knowing the land of milk and honey or whatever. So that, you know, was a, a frustration of them, is that that particular generation had to endure that for the next generation, actually, who would who would uh, eventually get there. And, and Moses did pass away before they entered into the Promised Land, I think. So Moses was like the conduit of just taking the people out and having them go through all these trials and tribulations, so to speak. Yeah, I can't find it off the top of my head right now, but you can you can probably find it here at some point. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. What are some other other parallels we can draw either between the the person who is looking at the at at, at the uh, either the person who is looking at the thing and needs healing or the thing being uh, either the uh, the serpent or or, G or the serpent on the pole, or Jesus on the crucifix. What are some other parallels we can draw? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the frustration at these people. It was, it was almost easy to fall into the sinful pattern, or to do something, or to rebel. And then they had to be reminded of the ugliness of it, with the serpents snipping at their heel and stuff. But they were very frustrated. They were very... They you know, why do they have to keep enduring this and, and going through with it? And that was just the way it is. So they would realize that and then very thankful that they got healing, you know, but they, they, there, there was a way for them uh, to, to get to healing. And hopefully that was a wake up that, hey, you know, you were saved from the venom. Uh, I love you. Continue, continue on. 
Um, and that, that's to, to me is, a, is, is, is what we do is we help people. We never give up on them. We keep, you know, wanting to, you know, help to move them along. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the way God did this was, uh, 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 to, 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 it was almost like a shock and awe to get them to do this. But right away, there, there was the healing presence. Yeah, well, it's interesting because when you were talking through that, it made me think that um, you were talking about there's a time dynamic, and uh, or and and part of that time is is having faith, and so like also, you know, Jesus said many times uh, when he performed miracles that your faith has has saved you or something along those lines, and he always encouraged people to have faith. So then thinking about the people in the desert with uh, looking at the the bronze serpent. uh, maybe that's an exercise in faith also. And they have to sit there, you know, for and, and look at the serpent, and and somehow that builds their faith in God, that, you know, looking at it, maybe as they're looking at it, they have thoughts about, uh, you know, just the almighty power of God versus this, you know, you know, stupid snake thing or whatever, or... or, or uh, and, and, and that was making a greater good out of things, too. Think about it, to be able to meditate, you know... To see this bronze thing, to have the healing, just as like we could look at the crucifix, uh, and, and just meditate on that. That hey, this actually saved you from you know a horrible, venomous death, and uh, that hopefully was enough to get people again to to uh, you know stay on course to continue to chart the course. You have that, to me. This is an exercise in in, in perseverance, staying the course. And, you, you know, no, no matter what happens, you, you, you have to carry it on and, uh, and, and, and not give up. It was very difficult for them because, as you say, that particular generation, you know, they were the conduit to bring the next generation to a better place. But that was their mission, uh, to, 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 to do what they were doing. And, you know, the frustration there was that they you know, thought that, that, that there would be more, that, that it would, but again, the tapestry in God's time, and, and, and that was that. So, uh, uh, you, you know, that, that's, that's something to think about, and what would have been a disaster would have been had there been no healing, had they, you know, wiped these people out. To think about that, they, they you, you know, there, there, there was like a holocaust there almost, but there was always the, the, the healing. There was always a place to turn to. Yeah, that's another interesting thing is that sometimes, depending on where you are in your, like, uh, in the journey to, back to God and stuff, sometimes uh, the blessings that he sends look like curses. And so it's like, you know, because, but the blessing part of that is his healing. That, you know, that, so, you know, from the Israel's perspective, the serpents biting at their heels you, you could you know, like you know if you if, if you didn't have faith you could say or if you if you didn't uh, like you know you could say oh he's cursing us with these serpents that are biting us well maybe or maybe they're good for you in some way that you don't realize <laughs> and, and, and and in that sense it was it was it, it was probably good for them because it it, it it um and so so what looked like a curse was actually a blessing because without that without him sending those things the people would have left. People, you know, would have gone to totally, uh, uh, you know, wandered away from God again, and 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 so it's like he, uh, 
Yeah, that is true. That that I, I never thought about that. That had this not there not been a healing process, they, they would say, "Oh, you know, okay, I got bit by the venom. I'm, I'm dead. That's it." And and they just would have kept going away. Yeah. But but there's always a, a, a way to keep going and come back to Christ. That He's the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, yeah. Oh. Let's... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that's that's that that's I, I, I never thought of it that way where Jesus always there there's always a way to continue on with 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 God no matter how much of a struggle no matter how hard it is no matter what's going on just just and, and that's keeping it real and that's keeping it truthful and and, and, and again uh, how many people could have been lost uh, you know, of that generation or, or whatever, had they been allowed to continue on their ways, their, 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 it, it's a negative way. And, and like you say, we're, we're almost like conditioned for, for, for that, that, that it's like, you know, we're, we're going to think, well, you know, all is lost. And, and that's, that, that, that's really what happens. And, and that's what I think causes the, the slide into things that if, if, we're, we're, we're not progressing along proper. Oh, just just let it go and like wallow in, in misery and stuff. God doesn't want that. He, he, he does not want that. And if it takes this harsh, uh, this harsh uh, shakeup to get them, then 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 so be it. That, that that's what it was to, to to push them along, to push them along. John, what, what 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 what's your thoughts on on on, on uh, the, the healing process of the of the uh, you know the, the serpent on the pole there? Um, the um, you know the uh, God provided the remedy for something that um, because of their complaints, He was giving them a way out to uh, to get healed, so they could keep on the journey and. Um, um, it's, uh, sort of a, uh, contradiction because the serpent is the, what was harming them. And that's, uh, that's the, uh, image that was on the pole. And, um, for the, uh, the later, the Jewish people later on during the Roman times, the, um, they were, uh, persecuted by, afflicted by the Romans and a lot of times they would uh, have these crucifixions of not only Jesus and criminals, but also regular people too. That was in that drama that the, uh, you know, that they had on the during Lent last year on that other channel. And um, and so that uh, contradiction of the absolute most evil that Rome could do, Roman Empire could do, um, ends up being the, um, you know, the, the symbol of. Uh, of uh, salvation for people of that age and then all the way through to uh, modern times. Just to bring this together, weren't they carrying the tablets too in the tabernacle at this time? Because they had they had the commandments to bring them along. That's, see, I'm not sure about the actual timing in terms of that. That's why we'd have to look in the Old Testament to find where it happens at. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to look this up. And Tom Burke was here. He, 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 would, he would know that because I'm looking at that they had these the tablets that they're carrying with them in the tabernacle, 
They have the, the serpent on a stick that's healed them. And I was thinking of other symbolic um, things that, that, that they would have had along the way. And just to know that this is what gave you healing. This is what God would, 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 would like you to do uh, in order to come to him. Because I'm sure they, he just didn't throw away this, the, 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 the stick that he had with, with, with the serpent on it. I'm sure that's somewhere also. And, um, and, and that was a sign that, hey, this is what healed us, that kept us going through, through it was another trial and tribulation, so to, so, so to speak. And, uh, um, you know, Jesus gives us a very simple way to just carry the cross. You know, you, you have the tablets, you have, the, you have these symbols of, of, of him getting us through whatever, whatever, whatever the situation is, is. And, 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 and when you look at these things, it gets you to change your behavior too, that, that he's the constant there. And he, he's, going to, he's going to allow a healing process to take place. You just have to be able to grab onto it and to, you know, allow yourself to be healed. Yeah, I was just thinking, it's interesting that um, this comes up in, the, in that discussion about the, you know, being born again of the Spirit because um, there's like a non, there's a spiritual thing that happens because although we're talking about like a, the physical object of the thing that you're looking at, the thing that's important is something that's not physical, you know, like the, the basically faith and love, which are two of the most important things. Like, you know, and so it, I, I look at it as uh, looking at, uh, maybe looking at Jesus in the, in, in the crucifix, although in the physical thing, like, it, it doesn't look good. You, the non-physical thing of uh, you know having faith that you know that God uh, you know that you know, I guess how do I put it um you know kind of like uh, there's so many layers to it but one layer is like Jesus leading by example that Jesus had faith in God, and that God uh, made it clear to him that he, uh, he, you know, to accomplish His will, he had to he had to submit to to the crucifixion, and he and he did so. You know, and so there's one is uh, uh, Jesus' faith in the Father, another one is Jesus' uh, you know love for all all of God's creatures, including the people who were who who, who literally you know crucified him. Um, like you know, pretty much all, all of the positive things of the cross are things you can't you can't really see, uh, and so like looking at it, you can meditate on it, and and you can see it within your like mind's eye the, the things that are actually important, but you can't physically see them with your human eye. Um, and I guess the same could be true of when the people were looking at the serpent in the desert, because you know they're they're looking at it, and maybe they're also thinking that you know hey. Uh, God's seeing us through this. Uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like there's a lot more. <laughs> there's definitely a lot more uh, uh, to uh, like substance, spiritual food in in Jesus on uh, the cruci Jesus on the crucifix than in the serpent in the desert. But but I suppose there's 
There's stuff in both. But, but he's, he's in, in this gospel message, too, he's talking to Nicodemus. And is this where he brings up about you have to be reborn again? Yes, that, that was the first part of this conversation. Right before he starts talking about this, they were talking about being born again of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. So being born again of the Spirit, like a rebirth, and, and, and the, the people have a hard, hard time grasping that. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about being reborn? Well, you know, spirit. Yeah, that's also an interesting thing because uh, with the with the people in the desert thing, in a, in a way, before they get to the point where they s sit down and and look at the serpent, they have to they do repent. You know, they, they ask God for help, and they and 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 God's response is that. And then in the same way, like I don't know, so there is that that first step of uh, of repentance. First step of repentance. Okay. Because I, I, I think about how Jesus is talking there, too, with Nicodemus, telling you you have to be uh, born again. And, and, and there was a, a water. Did, did he, he said something about water. Uh, of spirit and water. That the, you're born again of spirit and water. And I think that's... The, you know, the that's what, that's the description of uh, baptism. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's why um, there's still a belief in the church. It always comes up on the questions on the... Uh, question and answer program where uh, there, if a baby dies before being uh, baptized or if someone borns is, is dies before being before they're baptized you know will they uh, will they attain uh, salvation and so that's uh, to me there uh, to me if it's a baby I mean there shouldn't there shouldn't be any penalty for a baby who has no control over uh, is uh, cared for by older adults you know, if, if if the baby wasn't brought to baptism, then how how could a baby, how could he or she not be saved, if the choice was made by the uh, by parents not to uh, to do it? But if you have uh, if you have free will choice, then uh, and if you have exposure to uh, the uh, new covenant, then um, then an important part of um, dealing with original sin is uh, to be baptized. It's, it's one of the it's the most first and first sacrament, and it's a very important thing for uh, people to uh, to have done. Um, I guess that's why Protestants believe that um, they don't believe in baptizing uh, certain sects. Don't certain uh, denominations don't believe in baptism until uh, you can make a free will choice when you're a young adult, like you know, they're twelve, thirteen, mid teens, where you, cho you choose. Choose to have the baptism, and you're you're in control of your decision. But um, a better way to approach it, though, is uh, having the baby baptized, and then having the uh, parents be responsible enough to uh, bring up the uh, their child in the faith. That's that's one of the promises you make at the baptism, you know, and that uh, so. So that's why uh, out of my uh, I found out recently when a recent conversation at the at my son's church they don't they don't normally have group baptisms it's just an individual so that the um, it's almost like having another counseling session where the priest is able to talk to the parents and godparents directly so as opposed to having like ten or eleven babies all baptized all at once kind of like an assembly line and uh, so that that impact um, that is sort of uh, diminished. I mean that was my experience with uh, 
you know, now my young adults now, it was, it was a group of at least four or five others, and uh, it wasn't in the same type of, um, you know, setting. I remember hearing that, like, in the early church, and frequently, um, like, apologetics people will, will uh, use as you know, strong evidence, you know, things that were uh, you know, early church traditions and stuff. But I think in the early church, it, uh, they didn't baptize, uh, you know, b babies, and they, they, they did, like, people had, like, you know, wait a year to be baptized and to, to see that they were, like, sincere about amending their lives. So, like, I, I, in, in some way, it's like, I kind of, uh, I, you know, I don't know, I, I kind of think that you, you should do, do both. You raise your children in the faith and educate them and stuff and also have them take responsibility for, for their decision. Yeah. Well, for Catholics later on, that, that's, that's the, when you become a young adult in confirmation or, and the Jewish people have a version of that too, bar, bar, and bar mitzvahs, bar, bas mitzvahs, mm -hmm. where you're deciding to choose the faith, in that case, the Jewish faith, and then you're choosing to, um, as a young person, to, uh, to, be, um, to be confirmed. And that's why you sh I was confirmed in a fifth grade. That was way too young. You know, it should it should stay. It should be like a uh, something that occurs. I don't know, eighth grade, ninth grade. You know that 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 time range there. I think that's that should be a universal uh, edict throughout the whole church, where you're uh, where you have enough maturity in your mind to uh, make the decision, and maybe uh, that would lead to more people staying in the faith. Yeah, I don't you know, know. As opposed to drifting away after that part of CCD ends, where. There's that period where there's nothing really, uh, no sacraments taking place. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny this comes up because I, I, uh, it's funny. I credit the confirmation with one of the things that, although it's not obvious, like in any type of way, I was like, you know, thank God I was, I was, you know, uh, baptized and confirmed because I don't think, like, you know, I do think that I was sealed with the Holy Spirit and that even those years that I was, I was away from the church that uh, I feel like my confirmation was effective and that, um, uh, and so, I, I, so it's hard to say, like, you know, we're also, to be honest, we're all real stupid and like, it doesn't really matter what age you are, eventually, every time you look back at your life, you're like, I was stupid then, you know, <laughs> and, and so like, I, I don't know, I, in another, in another way, I feel like it'd be good for, I don't know, I guess it mean, I just, I want everyone to be baptized and confirmed. <laughs> I think it'd be good well, people in the RCIA, some of them, uh, some of them happen in one evening, right? Is that isn't it true? Where if you're going from a, being yeah. a non non Catholic to the uh, Easter Vigil Mass, you have uh, you essentially uh, you do the I think you do the rec you do the reconciliation sacrament of penance beforehand, privately, obviously, but then. Um, for a person who's not a non-Catholic, you have a conf you have the uh, baptism, and then you have the uh, communion, and then the con confirmation. Those three, yeah. basically within uh, within one you know within a short period of time. That to me sounds a little bit rushed, but um, it's part of the uh, you know in the beginning of the church when everybody was coming in. I guess it was kind of rushed then too. So it's all part of, uh, that's part of the tradition of the church. So some of those things were talked out, and it was decided it was, it was okay to do that.
But I mean, uh, the age of uh, confirmation, though, in the modern modern age, is, it varies from uh, it varies from country to country, and and you know even from diocese to diocese. I, I think there should be uh, should be like a best practice selected, a best a best time. And to me, having it in fourth or fifth grade, I've heard I've heard of cases of being in the fourth grade. That's that's too young. You don't have an appreciation for uh, you know what what it means to be a young adult. And um, sort of, uh, you know, when you're in seventh or eighth grade, you're starting to become an adult physically, you know, with uh, puberty taking place. And so that would be like a, that would be an additional, like a physical reminder of what's taking place, that you're, you're being transformed. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I got a lot out of my confirmation. I mean, you know, I'm aware of the Holy Spirit, but it would have been better. Better to have it like when you're in eighth, ninth. Like I said before, I've said it like I'm beating a dead horse, but in that time frame, there, 13, 14, 15 years of age. So, uh, I guess kind of related to the uh, baptism and like uh, reconciliation thing. This last part where he talks about coming to the light, I actually, uh, uh, I, I like you know, I kind of wish there was there were like public confessions. Because that's like really coming to light, and it's humiliating too. Uh, like uh, uh, I don't know if, it, and I think it used to be church practice also that people would confess their sins in front of the congregation, and I would like to do that, but um, uh, but it's but nobody nobody likes uh, I like you'd mentioned in. It's not like that. Instead, it's you know the confession is private, and like in some cases, you don't even like really uh, see the, the the priests themselves and stuff. But I don't know. I I always feel like I one time had um, uh, I had the confession in um, I I it was when Monsignor Prior was here, and I was like I really felt like I needed to go to confession and and. And, uh, and so he was like, all right, well, you can, uh, we'll do the uh, reconciliation after Mass. And, and it was the morning Mass, and it was on a Thursday, I think, because they do um, Lexio Divina in the chapel after the Mass. So they were getting set up to do that. And so he had me instead go to the cry room, and I, I uh, you know, confessed my sins in the cry room. And I loved it because it was an open space, and I could see, you know, the altar and, 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 and Jesus and, and stuff. And I, uh, I feel like... There is something like therapeutic about uh, confessing your sins in the open, literally in the open. Um, yeah. There's something very therapeutic about that, and I know I, I would have a great, you, you know, it's almost embarrassing when you when, when you think about that too, and that kind of drives me not to to you know to to curb the sins and said I you know I got to break these habits and do this. Uh, because you know, if you if you give a public confession, things like that, it's like, ugh. Uh, but a lot, you know, that that's a great way of of of, of getting rid of uh, uh, a lot of the toxins we we carry. But but again, see, God, Jesus made it a lot easier for us to come to Him through the crucifix. Like you know, we think about this pandemic and the snakes and, and you know people dying and things like that. Um, and how he gave them a way to heal themselves. It, it, it was quite clear. Well, he's giving us another way just to come to the cross, to pray on it, and look for his healing. 
so 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 that that's what motivates me about this is there was a there was a clear way to get healed uh, of what they had to do and it, and it was spelled out and um, Jesus then talks in, in the spiritual realm of you know we need to get reborn we need to come to him uh, and, and and just pray it's that simple um, so that so that's that, that that's how I look at it. Um, and two, I, I think of modern day equivalents of, of where people have uh, left everything and uh, came here and, uh, and more or less started over and uh, the realities of what was going on. So I, I, I just keep thinking of, of some of the examples. Yeah. 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 It's great. I guess then there's a later part of Exodus where the uh, the you know the Israelites were you know, they were just worn out from being in the desert, and then the uh, you know the manna, the bread uh, they when they were starving the manna saved them, but then eventually in another part of that in a later part of Exodus near the, near to where they're uh, getting nearer to the uh, chosen holy land, you know they get they even get tired of that. You know, they, they start complaining that um, their diet in Egypt when they were enslaved was, you know, they had all kinds of different foods and that they were just tired of eating the same uh, bread. And, of course, there's an analogy there between the manna and the, um, you know, receiving the communion. So uh, there are some people, like a lot of people don't take, they don't really know the significance of having communion what, what the significance is, and it's very blasé, it's not, not a big deal, you know, to them, and they, um, you know, they don't take it seriously, so that's in another, another parallel between the Old Testament times and the, uh, you know, post, uh, the New Testament times of the modern age, so... And then the, then the story about all these things building up, all the things the Israelites had done wrong, and when they needed some water, when they were on the verge of going into the Holy Land, Moses struck the rock not once but twice, and that was a that was viewed by God as being uh, unfaithful, which deprived him of the uh, opportunity to cross into the uh, the Holy Land. You know the uh, the land where the Israelites were. You know their their land to set up their uh, space. So a lot of um, you know fallen fallen human nature always creeps into it. Uh, Nicodemus was the one who, who he provided the uh, the tomb though, right? Didn't he provide the uh, the tomb for the uh, for Jesus to be in for three days? Uh, might have been. It's either it might have been both him and Joseph of Arimathea. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, they were together on it, but the actual uh, tomb was owned by Joseph of Arimathea, right? So they were the ones on. They were Pharisees, right? Who were questioning. Uh, yeah, I think so. Because I, I think at this time Nicodemus was maybe uh, still trying to like hide his because uh, <laughs> he came at, at night to speak to Jesus. He was trying to like hide his uh, kind of like uh, faith in Jesus, but by the t time of the death and resurrection, he came out in the open. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, this is the uh, year of Mark in the Gospel, but I guess uh, a lot of the really heavy, uh, you know, really, you know, because John was so close to Jesus, a lot of these heavy teachings, like a better expression, are, uh, you know, they're best expressed in the uh, Gospel of John, so that's why a lot of these Gospels during Lent leading up to Easter are, are uh, from the Gospel of John. Um... I think there's an alternate one available in Mark, but a lot of these, the ones from John are chosen because, uh, just because they're very, um, you know, they have a lot of spiritual uh, uh, messages and overtones that are important things leading up to the uh, Holy Week. Also, like this gospel in particular, uh, the, the priest mentioned in church, it's like, Almost the most famous sentence in the whole Bible is, and, and it's basically you know the gospel in in one word, uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him might not perish but might have eternal life. That you know. It, yeah, that's John uh, three sixteen, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one in the. Um, yeah, somebody on the reflection yesterday said that that's you know they see the guy with the uh, the uh, frat row with the multicolored hair. And then you have, um, typically at a football game where you have people getting into fights in the stands and you have uh, players, you know, maybe committing, um, not playing fairly on the field. And then you have the cheerleaders, which are not, you know, not dressed properly. And you have all these sins surrounding this, uh, this phrase being held up by the man, you know, the man with the glasses and the, uh, the afro with the different colors, the rainbow colors in his hair. He was the one who did it the most. Yeah, also, so it's a contradiction. It's a dichotomy. Yeah, I went to a couple of these. Um, this was a couple of years ago. I went to like a fall festival where uh, I don't know, I was doing stuff, and and there was a church that was giving out cards and just had like John three sixteen on it. Yeah, I think I have the card somewhere. But I thought that was a, it's a real effective thing for evangelization. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll get some John three sixteen cards. Well, that's part of the. Uh, you know, that's one of the uh, like the it's a top ten or a top five, or maybe the, the top phrase of all from the gospel, like the person was saying. And um, and a lot of the other denominations they seize upon those um, those key verses where. Where if they just believe, they can, uh, I, I accept, you know, Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but then they forget about, you know, living a, uh, trying, to, trying to live a good life, or just constantly repeating the same sin over and over. And those people are, uh, contrary to what most people think, they're probably in jeopardy of uh, salvation because they were, you're mocking uh, God if you keep on doing the same thing over and over. You, you say, I'm sorry, one night, and then the very next morning you do the same thing, that's bad. But um, that's another reason why the, uh, you know, you have baptism and then you should, uh, of course, there's the renewal of baptism promises, that's done. That's kind of like, that sh there should be more uh, um, attention on that. And, um, like, that should be really emphasized and maybe highlighted more. And that makes me think of at the, uh, the mass thing. Thing that drives me crazy at the mass. It's you know it's, it's one of the. It's, I think it's a legitimate pet peeve is uh, where the uh, priest says, uh, 
let us recall our sins, and then immediately the first uh, note of music. I mean, there should be um, there should be like about ten seconds where you're allowed to reflect, at least ten seconds, and then the music should start. But right away, so um, you know that should be um, that would be something to bring up. That would be something to do privately with the uh, pastor of the church or where that's done to bring it up privately just to uh, encourage. That's a good idea. And then Eucharistic prayers, there's two opportunities to play, you play, pray for the living and pray for the dead. There should be also another another 10 seconds. That's only about 30 seconds total between those three different times in the Mass. So. All right, well, it looks like we're running out of time here. So, okay. Well. Yeah, round robin. Anybody wants to talk about a modern day situation or anything that's that's, that's been on their mind or there something that's rolling around? Um, I heard something on Friday about what happened in Wilmington, North Carolina, in 1898, where they basically the white people drove out the blacks. So I mean, uh, you know, you talk about that. That was like a thriving interracial community, and then in 1898, all of a sudden the whites. Uh, they had this big conspiracy over five or six months, and they drove the blacks away. And they turned a city that was once sixty percent black. Its present day population is like fifteen percent black. That's like a hundred and twenty years later. So that's that's an example of like um, just how evil things can be, and how the need for the uh, baptism and the you know realizing the sacrifice of Jesus and redemption and. You know that that's that's a need for it in the world and God's grace so that's an example of just that's many one of millions of examples of things that have happened over history you know from the last 2,000 years that's one terrible example in our own country terrible example uh, how about you mark you got anything well I, I, I was just thinking I, I don't know why it was coming to me about uh, uh, you know I, I these messages I, I get people writing and, and they copy me on it and I read it and it, it, it shows the example of somebody who's escaped a, a horrible situation and then they, they're fine, they're, they're, they're on a firm land, but then again they see others who were downtrodden. And uh, it gave the example of Albert Einstein, who uh, uh, you know, escaped Nazi Germany and came here and saw you know, a similar situation to what John described and how he helped them to overcome that uh, and, and it really gave Princeton University a black eye and they had to admit to you know the ugly racism that they that they suffer but today a lot of people are, are honing in on that but we just have to uh, uh, you know look at these situations and, and, and again with God's grace a, a greater good comes out of it so, so, so that's what that's what I'm getting through all this is that there's a way that you just keep praying, uh, and, and there's a way, you know, that, that, that God always is going to allow the healing. He's never going to cut us off. Good. So that, that, we'll that, say, that's we'll final say prayer. Our Father now. Okay. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, 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 Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit amen. amen. 20 seconds. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit.